We love to explain quantum physics and the mysteries of the universe, but the mysteries of finance, not so much. Intuit helps you demystify your finances through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Understanding standard deductions or interest rates can be very complicated and tricky with big potential consequences. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures, visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Is it possible to be two different things at the same time? Can you like dogs and cats? Can you be a horse and a giraffe at the same time? Can something taste salty and sweet? Can a dress be black and blue and white and gold? In today's podcast, we talk about the centuries-old scientific debate about light. Is light a particle or a wave? Or is it both? And I'm Daniel. Welcome to Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe. In which we try to explain the whole universe and everything in it, including light. Now, I'm a cartoonist. I draw something called PhD Comics. And I'm a particle physicist. During the day, I smash particles together at the Large Hadron Collider. Yeah. Well, today on the program, we're going to talk about the nature of light. That's right. People have been arguing for centuries. What is light? Is it made out of particles? Is it made out of waves? Is it something else? Is it tiny little puppies screaming through space? People have gone back and forth on the issue. And today, even, the topic is not yet totally settled. So we're going to be taking you through that history and breaking it down. It's one of the most mind-blowing questions in human scientific history. That's right. What is light made out of? So as usual, before we dig into it, we went out and we asked people on the street, what do you think light is made out of? What do people know about light? Is light a particle or is it a wave? Here's what people had to say. Do you think light is made out of particles or waves or both or neither? Photons. Yeah, photons. Yeah. So you think light's a particle? Yeah. I think it's waves. You think it's waves? Yeah. Cool. Uh, it's both, I think, because... It, like, moves like a wave, but it also has properties of a particle, and there's nothing saying it can't be both. 
Okay. Um, light. I think they're made of wavelengths. Yeah. All right. Well, um, it's interesting because I think all of the answers are right. <laughs> or none of them are right. <laughs> or, or both. <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems like a lot of people reflected the fact that there is a controversy. Like that, you know, it, it's not really well described by either. Though some, mm. some people went all in, you know, like it's a photon or it's a wave or it's a wavelength, right? Yeah, that was my favorite one. <laughs> I want to be a wavelength. Like I've heard of this uh, word. It sounds really cool and scientific. I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, maybe I get some points. <laughs> we award no points, people. No points. <laughs> That's right. There's no prize. Your prize is you get to be on our podcast and maybe we even make fun of you. Yeah. Yeah. But no, yeah, I guess what you mean is nobody sort of fell for the trap, right? Like nobody said, oh, of course it's a particle. Or nobody said, oh, of course it's a wave. Most people sort of knew that there is some sort of duality there, something weird going on. That's right. That science is having some trouble, some difficulty coming up with a way to describe what light is. And that might seem surprising to you because light is everywhere, right? And it runs the universe. It's streaming through the solar system from the sun, illuminating our lives and powering everything on Earth. So you think this would be sort of a high priority topic to figure out, like, what is this stuff? What is it made out of? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, what are we paying you for, Daniel, if not to figure these <laughs> kinds of questions out? <laughs> I, I was t just about to figure out what light was when you called and said it's time to do this podcast. Oh. So sorry. Sorry, science will have to wait. I, I know. totally destroy yeah. your train of, train of thought there. That's right. Reflect on that for a minute, Jorge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, I'm a California taxpayer. Part of my uh, salary goes to paying your salary, like, you know, one millionth of a percent. That's true. Yeah, so you're, you're saying you did pay taxes last year? Then, right? <laughs> there you go again. That's another topic Revealing for Revealing secrets is. on air, Daniel. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so that's an interesting question. Like, is light a wave or particle? And it's weird that we don't know. Um, but maybe let's break it down a little bit. What is it like? What are we actually talking about when we say that light could be a particle or light could be a wave? Like, you know, most people probably think of light as just like uh, just like brightness, right? Yeah. The thing to understand here is that we try to describe light in terms of things we know. And that's mm. what science is, right? You see something weird and new and you wonder, oh, is it like this other thing I know? Mm. So we've observed different kinds of phenomena in the world. Like you see waves, right? You go to the beach, you see waves in water. Mm. You drop a rock in a, a small puddle, you see waves. We mm. know what waves are. And we see different phenomena. We try to categorize them in terms of things we know, right? Mm. So like... When people were studying sound, they discovered, oh, sound is actually a wave. You know, it's a compression wave in the air. And that's cool because he says, oh, I already know how the math for waves works, right? I've seen waves in water. I've seen waves in other stuff. You can describe it with like equations, right? Yeah. Wavy equations. <laughs> that's right. Very solid, unwavy physics to describe waves. And there's a lot of science that's gone into understanding waves. So if you can cram it into that box and say, oh, this is just another example of something we already know, then you're taking a huge leap forward, right? Right. So that's something people try to do is say, like, look, can we describe this in terms of other things we know? So we need, like, we, you know, we know about light, uh, but we want to know how it behaves and what makes it work. Yeah. And just on a more general level, you try to see something new, you try to describe in terms of things you, you know. Like, say you taste a new kind of fruit. 
Mm-hmm. You'd be like, oh, it's a little bit like a cherry and a little bit like an apple and a little bit like, you know, it's got a hint of smokiness to it or whatever, right. you know. So you're like, it's a chapel. <laughs> it's a chapel. <laughs> How has nobody ever invented that? The cherry apple <laughs> chapel. Oh, my gosh. Somebody, if our lawyer is listening, get on that right away. Yeah. Copyright that idea. I'll reserve um, www.chapel.com. That's right. So that's the basic idea is we have these things we've seen. You see something new. You don't want to create a whole new category. You want to mm-hmm. fit into, into one of the existing categories. So we, we said a new about light it came from the sun it you know if you light a fire it, it spreads out in, into a room and so we were like what's going on like what um what best describes how this light you know comes from a source and bounces off the walls and stuff exactly Exactly. That's the question. And so we'd seen things like waves. So what do we mean when we say a wave? Like, how could a light be a wave? Well, Mm -hmm. how can anything be a wave? Yeah. How can anything be a wave? A wave is a funny thing because it's not a thing itself. It's a property of some medium. Like it's the, it's like a ripple on something. Yeah. That's right. Like if you do the wave at a baseball game, you know, Um, there's nothing to the wave itself. It's just a bunch of people moving up and down and waving Mm. their hands, right? Or like a sound wave is just like air molecules kind of bumping forward. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Or a wave in the in the ocean is just it's an arrangement of the water, right? It's a mm. it's a way the water gets compressed and then stretched out and compressed and then gets stretched out. Mm. So that's the important thing about a wave is that it moves in this way through a medium. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's a wave. Uh, it's like a propagation. It's like a ripple through something. Uh, but then, so then, what what would you call a particle? A particle is different than that. A particle is different than that, and it's a totally different kind of thing, you know. And uh, to be a particle physicist, it's kind of odd. But the concept of a particle is not that really well defined, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I think of a particle, I think of taking matter and breaking it down to its smallest pieces. Like if something's made out of particles, it means that at its smallest level, it's made out of this, these little bits that can't be chopped into smaller bits, and that they're localized. They're like um, small and contained, right? If if you discover that something is made of particles, you expect it to be like mostly empty space, but with these little dots of matter, right? Like you would take something and then you smash it to bits and just keep smashing. And at some point you're going to get to these little like BB balls or like little tiny pellets that you can't break down anymore. That's right. Yeah. It's like seeing a picture on your, your computer screen and discovering it's made out of pixels, right? Mm. And that those pixels are the basic elements and they come together to make the whole picture. Um, so t- Figuring out that something is made of particles means that it's made of these these little bits that are not um, connected to each other, right? They're separated. Mm-hmm. So a wave and a particle in nature are totally different kinds of things, right? Now, water, of course, is made of particles but can have waves in it. Right. But I think maybe maybe what's important here is that, you know, particles we tend to think of as little tiny bits that can bounce around, right? And like go in a straight line. And then hit something else and then bounce back or, you know, kind of fly through space, right? In a discrete little package. Exactly. That's exactly the right way to say it. It's a discrete little package, right? So things that are made of particles we think of as being discrete little bits. Um, and they, they're broken up into these little, little pieces. And you're right. They move in straight lines, right? Like you throw a rock, you, you, you roll a, um, a smooth ball across the surface, you expect it to move in a straight line. So that's kind of what we mean by a wave and a particle. That's right, yeah. And so the question is, is like, is light a ripple on a medium? Is that what light is? Or is it like actual little things that move around in space? Right. Does it have its own stuff to it, right? Or is it just a way something else moves, 
right? Mm -hmm. That's sort of another way to phrase the question. Right. And those are two pretty different pictures of reality, right? Yeah. Light could be little pellets flying around or it could be some sort of ripple on a medium. To us, in our intuitive sense, it couldn't be any more different, right? That's right, yeah. It's like you can't be a Democrat and a Republican, you know, just you have to pick one, you know? Yeah, um, if you yeah, vote. You can be, <laughs> or you could be neither, I suppose. Um, you shouldn't be both, though, yeah. That would be a, a violation of some, some election law. Yeah. Not recommended to violate election that's law. That's right, days. that's right. Let's. Um, yeah, so speaking of political shouting matches, this one, this historical scientific shouting match began all the way back with the Greeks, right? Democritus. He's the guy, sort of the first atomist. He's the first person to look at the world and to say, you know, maybe everything's made out of tiny little bits, not mm. just light, but also matter. And that was sort of the birth of that idea that maybe everything around us that seems macroscopic is made out of tiny little things smaller than we can see. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as usual, when somebody comes up with a good idea, they overextend it. They're like, well, maybe if rocks are made out of stuff, then water is also made out of particles. And maybe even light is made out of particles, you know, which at the time seemed like a totally a crazy reach. And that makes sense, right? Because light seems to go in a straight line. It seems to bounce off of things. So why couldn't light just be like little tiny little pellets that bounce around the room and then eventually hit your eye? And then that's how you see something. Yeah, it certainly seems to have some of those particle-like properties, right? It moves in straight lines. Uh, it certainly would be going really, really fast. Uh, mm-hmm. At the time, people thought that light traveled instantly, right? They thought that light um, instantaneously went from like the sun to the earth, or or um, if you started a fire, that the light would immediately illuminate the room. Now, we, of course, know that it, it just happens super-duper crazy fast, too fast for those folks to ever measure, so it's almost like it's instantaneous. But they thought that these things just moved instantly through space and filled up the room. Okay. And I want to talk a little bit more about that, but first, a quick break. You know that feeling after you've done a deep spring clean of your house when you realize, wow, How have I been living like this? It's kind of like how you feel when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless, while Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Wow, how have I been affording all this? So it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. Personally, I've used Mint Mobile, and the calls are always so crisp and so clear. All of their plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. So it's time to ditch your overpriced wireless and go with Mint Mobile's limited time deal for three months, a premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash universe. That's mintmobile.com slash universe. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash universe. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three month plan only. Slower speeds above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place full of scary mysteries and exciting possibilities, but it can also be overwhelming to navigate, especially when you're first starting out in life. It feels sometimes like just one wrong turn could send you hurtling endlessly towards a financial black hole. But don't worry, you don't have to navigate the financial universe on your own. With the right tools, you can master the financial universe and chart your course with confidence. Intuit helps you navigate the financial universe through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. 
Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So initially, we thought light was, um, or the Greeks thought that light was a particle. Right. And I think we have to qualify that because it makes the Greeks sound really smart to come up with this idea <laughs> of atoms and all that stuff. I've seen and, you say this before. You're, you're really down on the Greeks. Well, I think people give the Greeks too much credit for that because, mm. as I've probably said to you before, um, the Greeks had lots and lots of ideas. You know, they had like thousands of these ideas about how the way the world works. And yeah, one of them was close to true. But like, if we're going to do some accounting, let's also remember the 999 ones that were totally off base, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and give them credit for those also. <laughs> Yeah, find that Greek who thought life was just little puppies and be like, see, you guys also (laughs) thought they were puppies. You can't be that smart. (laughs) That's right. Um, But it's a cool idea. So give them credit for for having that idea. I don't know what they were smoking when they came up with it, but I'd like to figure (laughs) out where to find some. Um, And then it was thousands of years later before people had another idea. It was uh, Descartes, the guy who's famous Mm. for, you know, I think, therefore I am. He thought about, he was one of the earliest scientists, not just a philosopher, but a scientist back in the day when, you know, science really was part of philosophy. And he thought that light was waves. What made him think it was waves? You know, I don't think he had much justification for it. This is back in the early days when science wasn't really an empirical study where you didn't like go out and do experiments to test your hypothesis. Mm -hmm. Um, It just made more sense to him for light to be like these wave-like disturbances. Right, which Um, kind of makes sense, right? Like... If you have a speaker in a room emitting sound waves, um, it's not that different from like a light bulb in the middle of the room emitting light all around it, right? Yeah, and there's some things that light does that don't really that don't really seem consistent with particles. You know, like the way light bends through um, a lens, right? It's called we call in science we call that refraction. Mm. You know, when light changes from going through air to glass, it bends in this weird way. And oh. That's something that's very common for waves, right? But and but, um, um, a particle wouldn't bend inside of a lens. No, no, a particle that's definitely wave-like behavior. Yeah. Oh, not particle-like behavior. And so oh. Descartes saw that, and he's like, "Oh, you know, we have optics, we have these lenses, so maybe light is a wave. But if light is a wave, then it opens this other question: What's doing the waving?" Right. I mean, with sound, you know, it's the air and in water waves, obviously it's the water. But if light is a wave, then what is waving? Meaning like if light is a ripple, what is it a ripple of? That's right. Yeah. What's doing the rippling? 
right? If it's a wave, it has to be a wave in something because a wave is just a description of some other form of matter rippling, right? It couldn't just be like uh, stuff that we can't see. Yeah, and so you have to invent some stuff that we can't see, right? So to explain light being a wave, you have to invent this universe filled with stuff, right? There has to be that stuff between us and the sun, for example, right? Which Mm. is a huge amount of this new stuff you're inventing. And if you're looking at the stars, there has to be that stuff between you and the stars, right? So now we're talking about billions of miles of this new stuff. And uh, Descartes, you know, didn't know, so he just gave it a name. He's called, I don't even know how to pronounce it, but he called it plenum. And he thought, well, there must be, if light is a wave, there must be some stuff that's doing the waving and we'll just give it a name and maybe we'll be right and then we'll be famous forever. Isn't it, it, is that different than the ether? It's similar in concept, right? It's Mm. a different idea, but it's similar in concept that like if light is a wave, it must be waving through something Mm. and we don't know what it is. We'll just invent something uh, and give it a name as a placeholder. So when later people do the hard work of actually discovering it, we'll still get credit. Okay. So it was a particle, light was a particle, then it was a wave, and then what happened? Well, then Newton came along, right? And Newton's a really smart guy, and everybody knows that he's famous for thinking about gravity. But he also liked to think about um, optics and lenses. And he thought for sure that light was a particle, because he saw it moving in straight lines, and he saw distinct shadows. But, you know, Newton also did a lot of experiments with optics. He did uh, he studied prisms, and he saw light bending, and he saw light splitting into colors. And you can't explain that if light is a particle, but he tried. You know, he's like, well, maybe when a particle hits the glass, it gets some sort of weird sideways force, mm-hmm. um, and, and that makes it bend. But, you know, that's not really an explanation. That's just sort of like a, I don't really understand it, but maybe it's something like this. Like if light is a particle, why does it split into the rainbow kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, this is, again, back in the day when empirical studies of science weren't the main way to answer questions. It was mostly thinking in your head about things that made sense to you. And then they would argue about them, Mm. right? A lot of the ways scientific disputes used to be resolved was people would argue about it and then say, well, that makes no sense, so it can't be true. Mm. Um, And we know now, of course, that the universe doesn't always make sense to us. What's real isn't necessarily the things that we would have accepted as true or, or, or accepted as a reasonable way to describe the universe. But, you know, if that's the way nature works, that's the way nature works. You have to accept it. But um, that's this sort of primacy of experimental results came later on. So back in the day, people just sort of used to argue for an explanation that made sense to them. Right. Well, it was kind of hard for them to build a particle collider, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, um, they didn't have the, the, the massive government funding to do that. These were men of leisure studying science <laughs> in, their, in their spare time. In fact, it was called like natural philosophy, right? It wasn't called science. At the time, was it? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. All science grew out of philosophy. Mm. Um, It was called, these these folks were natural philosophers. Okay. But, you know, later on, then people started doing experiments. And there were a bunch of uh, French guys... Um, who did a bunch of experiments and some some English folks, and they were studying how light behaved and refraction and reflection, and they saw it doing these things, and they thought, there's no way Newton's right. This has to be a wave. Um, You know, they saw um, things like interference patterns, right? Interference patterns is when you have two waves, and sometimes one is rippling up at the same time another one is rippling down. Right. Mm-hmm. So imagine, for example, you have um, a bathtub of water in front of you mm-hmm. and you slap it with two hands at once. Right. Each one is going to send waves out. Mm-hmm. And then when those and those waves are either rippling up or rippling down. And when they reach each other, if they're both rippling up at the same time, then they constructively interfere to get a double wave. 
if they're both rippling down at the same time, they constructively interfere to get a, a double down wave. Oh. If one is rippling up and the other is rippling down, then they then they cancel each other out, right? And so you would see no light. Yeah, exactly. And oh. so you can do this kind of stuff in you know in your bathtub. You can see interference patterns. Um, and what happens if you have two sources like that, like one from each of your hands, is you get some areas where the waves are high and some areas where the waves are, are low and some areas where there are no waves. And so as you say, if you do it with light, then you see these patterns of dark and light, these stripes. And you couldn't do that with particles, right? Like a particle wouldn't cancel another particle. Yeah, there's no way to explain that with particles. People thought, well, look, um, this is something that waves do and light is doing it. And there's no way to explain it with particles. So light must be a wave. Right. In fact, there's even famous cases where they said, well, you know, um, if light is a wave, then, you know, if you set up this various experiment, you would get this uh, crazy effect. And so that's absurd. And so it definitely can't be true. And then they went and did the experiment and saw the crazy wave effect, and they were like, oh, turns out it is true, you know? Wow. You know this is the, the, I love that because it's the primacy of experimental um, experimentalism, right? Like, go and check the data. Go and actually get some data and see what right. the universe tells you. Yeah, like you're like, a donut can't possibly be a croissant at the same time, but <laughs> it turns out that you can bake something called a cronut. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a big debate in pastry science still, though. Yeah. Is it a, a donut like a, that's like a croissant, or is it a croissant that's like a donut? Yeah, I'm getting my degree in um, particle baking. <laughs> yeah, the large pastry collider. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to the, the construction of that project. But that's kind of what you mean. It's like you, people don't think it's possible until they actually see it. And waves and light has been doing this to people for hundreds of years. Or they're like, they can't possibly be doing this, or they can't. It can't possibly be doing that. But it just keeps doing all these weird things. Yeah, exactly. And and that was the experiment. It was called the double slit experiment, the one that really convinced people that light is a wave because they shone a strong light and they had just two little narrow slits which act like as sources, like slapping your hands in the bathtub water. Mm -hmm. And then on a screen behind it, they saw these interference patterns, right? These that you could definitely only get if light was a wave. Mm. And so that was the early 1800s and everybody was absolutely certain light was totally a wave. The question was settled. We knew forever light was a wave. And we right. still didn't know what was it waving through. Mm. But how did they explain all those particle experiments? Well, this was before we even really knew about particles, right? Ooh. No real particles had been discovered at this point. Mm. With this idea from the Greeks of thousands of years ago that maybe things were made out of particles and chemistry was getting um, warmed up and you know people were starting to think about atoms and molecules and stuff, um, but they hadn't really seen any actual particles yet. And it was decades later when the electron was discovered um, that people started to think about the particle model again. But, you know, the wave theory was definitely ascendant, right? Everybody definitely looked at these double slit experiments and saw light doing all this wavy oh. stuff, and they were sure that light was a wave. Now, did people extend that to other things? Like, you know, they thought, oh, light is this weird wavy thing, but surely us, we're made out of little tiny atoms. Yeah, that's a good question. I wonder if people thought, hmm, light's a wave, maybe we're a wave too, right? Yeah, or like everything's just like a wave. Yeah, probably not because um, nobody thought that light had any mass to it, right? Mm. Whereas we definitely know that we have mass, right? We feel pretty heavy uh, sometimes after a big meal. Um, even before the discovery of particles, though, there was a huge advance in the theory of, of light, which was um, a, a Scottish guy named Maxwell 
he hmm. was working on electricity and magnetism, and he put together all these equations to describe electricity and magnetism. And he just sort of wrote them down in a new way. This is like the way you could do theoretical physics back in the days. You just take existing ideas and you find a new way to write them down. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wrote them down in this way that looked like the mathematics of a wave. We have this equation, it's called a wave equation, and it mm-hmm. describes how waves move through a medium. Meaning like it could be described by the equations that looked like sine waves and cosine waves, right? I mean, just in case anyone remembers high school math, um, <laughs> that's, that's right. kind of what we mean by mathematical equations. So you can describe it as yeah. a sine wave or a cosine wave, right? That's right, yeah. The solution to these equations are sine waves and cosine waves. Okay. These are differential equations to describe how things move through the medium. And if things follow these equations, then they're waves, right? Okay. And so he looked at the equations for electricity and for magnetism, and he rewrote them, and he realized you can rewrite them in a way that looks just like the wave equation, right? Mm. So he said, oh, electricity and magnetism has the same equation as waves moving through water or waves moving through air. And in fact, if you write it in terms of this wave equation, you can pull out what the speed of those waves must be, Mm. And the speed that he pulled out from this from these equations was the speed of light. Whoa. So he had this like moment of epiphany. He must have been like in his office late one night, rearranged mm-hmm. these equations and realized, oh my gosh, light is a wave and it's a wave of electromagnetism. So like a light bulb turned on on top of his head, <laughs> emitting waves. Exactly. The first appropriate light bulb ever. Yeah. <laughs> So then that seems pretty definitive. Um, The double slit experiment shows that light interferes with itself. And also this guy figured out that it's mathematically describable by sine waves and cosine waves, right? Right, right. That light is waves of electromagnetism. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So then it all seems really nice and tidy. But then the particle revolution comes, right? People discover the electron, people discover the neutron, people discovering all these particles. Mm -hmm. But then they were doing experiments where they were shining light onto materials and trying to get it to kick off electrons. So you shine a really bright light at something and you hope that some of the electrons in the material absorb that light and get enough energy to to be free, right? To run away. And so this is called the photoelectric effect. You shine light at something and you measure the electrons that come off. So what they saw in this experiment only made sense if the energy of the light comes in little packets rather than a continuous stream like waves. So they turned up the intensity of the light and they made it brighter, but that didn't increase the energy of the electrons that were coming off, which doesn't make sense if it's a wave. It only makes sense if photons come in little packets. So then increasing the intensity of the light means more photons, but it doesn't give more energy to any one electron Mm. because each electron can only absorb one photon. Mm. And nobody understood this at all. This made no sense to anybody. It was a huge puzzle. We totally believed that it acted like a wave. We had the double slit experiment told us it was a wave. Maxwell's equations told us it was a wave. But... Then we had the photoelectric effect, which didn't quite make sense to anybody. Okay, And then Einstein Mm. said, well, what if light comes in these little packets, like you were saying before? What if light is not this continuous stream of energy like a wave is, right? A wave is a continuous stream of energy. What if it comes in these little bits? And... um, and that explained everything. If you if you thought that light was came in these little packets, it explained the photoelectric effect, explained these all these other mysteries in physics. And that was the birth of quantum mechanics. Did he think that maybe it was little packets of waves? Do you know what I mean? Like little short bursts of ripples? 
you know, do you know what I mean? Like, could that explain how it's both things that run through his brain? Yes, absolutely. I think that's probably the first way he thought about it is like a little localized ripple, right? Like um, a, a little, yeah, that's the best way to put it. A little localized ripple, like the way you can send a, a little ripple of water um, yeah, through a like swimming a, pool or something. Or like a chirp or like a little sound burst. Yeah, exactly. Like a little chirp. Hmm. Um but it's strange because, you know, you can make a chirp of any size. You can make a big one, a little one, a long one, a fat one. But light, for some reason, wanted to come only in these, in these little distinct chirps of a specific size. Mm. And the size of those chirps was controlled by their, their color or their frequency. Mm. And so that was the birth of quantum mechanics, which we could spend a whole other podcast talking about. Um, but it was the first clue that maybe light did come in these distinct little packages. Yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, but first, let's take a quick break. The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place full of scary mysteries and exciting possibilities, but it can also be overwhelming to navigate, especially when you're first starting out in life. It feels sometimes like just one wrong turn could send you hurtling endlessly towards a financial black hole. But don't worry, you don't have to navigate the financial universe on your own. With the right tools, you can master the financial universe and chart your course with confidence. Intuit helps you navigate the financial universe through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right, it's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. And that's what we talked about. Like, what is a particle? It's a distinct little package. And then here's the part that blew my mind is that then they went back and they did that double slit experiment again, but they slowed it down. Instead of shining a really big beam of light, they just shown one photon at a time, right? Okay. Because they wanted to see uh, what, what's going to happen, right? If light comes in these little packets, how does that explain the interference effect? How can light interfere if it's a particle? So like instead of like pointing the hose of water at these two little 
holes and just seeing what happens on the other side, they were throwing one droplet of water at a time. Yes, exactly. And they, what they expected to see was that there would be no interference pattern, right? Because the interference comes from having two sources, right? You have interference mm. when you have two waves that are either adding up or canceling out. Meaning uh, like if a huge stream of light is going through these two little slits, then the two little slits act like little sources, like little sorts of ripples, which can cancel out. Exactly. But if you throw one drop at a time, it's either going to go in one slit or it's going to go in the other slit, right? That's right, yeah. And so there should be nothing to interfere, right? Mm. So that's what they expected. But what they, what they saw blew their minds, right? What happens if you slow the experiment down, you send one photon at a time, is that you still get an interference pattern. It's just that it builds up piece by piece. So you throw Whoa. one photon through... And it lands someplace on the screen. Throw another photon through, it lands somewhere else on the screen. After you add up a million photons, you rebuild the original interference pattern you saw. That's so crazy. Thought, what? Yeah. Light is a particle, but it's acting like a wave, right? How is that? How can that even be, right? It's not just that. It's like it's a particle that's acting like a wave as if it was in a huge stream of other particles, right? That's right. And this blew everybody's mind. And uh, the answer, of course, is that uh, light is a particle, but like every kind of matter, like every particle, how it moves is governed by mathematics of wave equations. So every particle carries with it some quantum mechanical wave that determines where it goes. Mm. So what was happening in that experiment was that a particle, a photon, was approaching the experiment, and then it could either go through the left-hand side or the right-hand side slit, right? Mm -hmm. And because it's quantum mechanical, it did both. It had a chance to do both. And what was interfering was the probability to go through the left slit or the right slit. So that's interesting. I don't think I've heard that explanation before, that it's a, it's a particle and a wave in the sense that it is a particle, but it moves according to wave equations. Yes, everything moves according to wave equations. Wow. It's just that the wavelength for things depends on how much energy they have. So that was this guy, de Broglie. He came up with this equation, and maybe you've heard the expression de Broglie wavelength. I've heard the expression wavelength. That seems to be a... Yeah. <laughs> everything is wavelength, <laughs> man. Everything is wavelength. We were making fun of that guy. Turns out he was right. Oh, <laughs> twist ending. No, um, everything has a wavelength, right? <laughs> Um, you can describe the motion of anything in terms of a wave. Now, the wavelength depends on the mass and the momentum, and for most things like me or you or a cantaloupe, the wavelength of its quantum mechanical um, wave function is tiny, and so you can't even notice, right? There's the wave effects of you and your son walking down the hallway and interfering with each other are basically negligible. But on the scale of particles, these wave functions interfere with each other. Yeah, that's a crazy thought that, you know, we, I think people think quantum is something that doesn't affect their lives, but quantum ideas and concepts are, are everywhere, right? Like you have a sort of like a quantum superposition or you, you're not really there. You sort of, there's a cloud of you that is. I'm you. not really here. I'm just an AI on the internet, <laughs> yeah. but that's a, that's you're a different You're up in the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there is this quantum mechanical uncertainty in everything, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's just you can't notice. That really blew people's minds, this concept that like, okay, light is a particle, but it sort of acts like a wave. Uh, we can use these wave equations to describe it. Um, and, you know, there's another layer to that experiment, which is even crazier, right? Which is 
if what's interfering is the probability to go through the left slit or the right slit, right? When the, when the photon approaches the experiment, it can go through one or the other. Mm-hmm. And the interference pattern comes from the, the uncertainty of which it's going to go through. Mm-hmm. So what you can do is you can add a little detector to one slit that like gives you a ping if it goes through that slit, right? So you know for sure if it goes through one slit or the other. Uh-huh. If you do that, the interference pattern disappears, Whoa. Why does it disappear? It disappears because the interference only came from the interference of the possibility of the particle to go through the left slit or the right slit. Oh, Our a lack of knowledge. Once you know it goes through the right slit or the left slit, there's no more uncertainty. There's nothing to interfere. It just goes through the left oh. or it goes through the right. It's it's like you're throwing uh, boxes full of cats that are either dead or alive. <laughs> <laughs> and you see what happens on the other side. It's different if you take a peek inside the box before it gets there. Exactly, exactly. Whoa. And uh, no cats were harmed in the making of this podcast. Yeah, I yeah, now feel an yeah. urge to point out. Um, <laughs> that's sort of where we are today, is that we know that light is a particle and then it comes in these little discrete packets, mm-hmm. we call it photons, right? Yeah. But we also know that like everything else, light is determined by how its wave function moves. Every particle and every object has this wave function. And how it moves is controlled by wave equations. It's not like uh, it's both a particle and a wave and people don't really know which one it is or people are still confused about that. But it sort of sounds like you're not that confused about it, right? It sort of sounds like you know it's a particle, but it moves around like a wave. Yeah, and but it's still confusing. I mean, I think... You could, it's totally reasonable to say it's both. It's a particle, but it acts like a wave, right? It's mm. also totally reasonable to say it's neither. It's Ooh. not a particle. It's not a wave. It's something else. It's something weird, something totally strange we've never seen before. It's a water. And we can... <laughs> <laughs> or a pave. <laughs> you are on fire. I am on fire today. with these simple uh, <laughs> spelling <laughs> <laughs> but but that's here. that's a joke, but it's also serious because sometimes we discover things which are unlike anything else we've seen. And how do you describe them? Meaning we should stop using these words. We should maybe come up with a new word to describe what it is because it's not yeah. it's not described by either word, particle or That's word. right. It's a chapel. It's a cherry apple combination. Yeah. Let's not call it a particle or a wave. Let's just make up a new word that embodies these two ways to behave. That's right. But here we've discovered something which is different from anything in our macroscopic world. There's nothing in our world, mm-hmm. particles, waves, little puppies, that is a good analogy for what light is. So we have to try to sort of describe it in terms of sometimes it's like this, sometimes it's like this. My personal mm-hmm. belief is that it's it's not like anything else and that these are approximations. Mm-hmm. But you know... Uh, like we were talking about earlier, you can be different contradictory things. Like, yeah. how would you describe yourself? You know, sometimes you're a husband, sometimes you're a father, sometimes you're a cartoonist, sometimes right. you're just asleep. You know, like all these things describe you, they're contradictory, they're different facets of who you are. At your core, none of them define you, right? Right. But if you don't happen to have the right label, you make up a new label. Yeah. Right? Or you, That's right. Yes, yeah, so we need a out. new thing. Yeah. Right? Light is definitely its own weird kind of thing. Cool. All right. Well, until next time. If you still have a question after listening to all these explanations, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Daniel and Jorge. That's one word. Or email us at feedback at DanielandJorge.com. 
This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.